Hello everyone. We hope you're having a great day. We are so excited you're here for the second episode of Couple of Criminals, a new true crime podcast. My name is Mariah. And my name is Anton, and we are your average couple reviewing your not-so-average crimes. Each week, we will bring you a new case, and Anton and I will trade off who reviews the crime. Just so you know, Anton does not tell me the cases he chooses and reviews, and I do not tell Anton the cases I choose and review. These are completely blind reviews for both of us. In addition, our first 50 episodes will be based around a crime in each state in the United States in alphabetical order. So today's case will be based on a crime in Alaska. I also want to mention and thank the hundred of you who have listened to our first episode. It is so humbling for the both of us to see people from not only North America listening, but also a few of you from Europe listening to us. Before we jump into today's case, Anton is going to give us his weekly joke to make this awkward and obviously lighten the mood before we dive in. Okay, Mariah, this is my weekly joke here. This is probably my favorite joke in the entire world, so you definitely know what's coming. So, there's two olives sitting on a table. One olive falls off the table, and the one on top of the table asks, Are you okay? And the one on the ground says, Olive! Oh my gosh, what a joke. Ladies and gentlemen, I said awkward. (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and hop into today's case. So, today's case is about the victims of the serial killer Joshua Wade in Alaska. The murders took place around uh, from the years 1994 to 2007. And I wanted to provide a quick precautionary warning to listeners that this case does involve sexual assault allegations. I'm going to start with just a brief overview of who Joshua Wade is and his run-ins with the law earlier in his life. So Joshua was born in Anchorage, Alaska, and he was raised by his mother. Uh, He never met his father until later in life. He was sexually assaulted by a caretaker when he was just five. He also tried to commit suicide when he was a child. And so this kind of really started bringing in drugs into his teenage years. And then a failed relationship led to Josh actually hating women, mainly uh, native Alaskan women, to be exact. Joshua is no stranger when it comes to the law. His first bump in the law was when he was just merely 12 years old. Next came a handgun charge when he was just at the age of 16. And then at the age of 19, was not convicted, but was a person of interest in a murder case. Then at the age of 20 was actually his first confirmed kill. So Della Brown was a 33-year-old native woman from Alaska. Brown was brutally murdered and raped by Wade in September of 20 or in September of 2000. Wade had apparently bashed her head with a rock to the point of it being almost like a bag of ice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It took days to find her body, which was found in a shed by people passing by. But guess who was the one who supposedly found it? Joshua Wade. No, he didn't. Yeah. So at first, Wade actually did admit to the murder, but then he later recanted this confession due to his lawyer. His next statement came to be that he was the one who found the body and was saddened by his actions by not calling the police earlier when he originally found her body in the shed. But instead, he would bring his friends to see her body. His new story was enough to sway the jury into giving him an acquittal of the murder of Della Brown. Do you know what an acquittal is, Mariah? Yeah. Yeah. So for you listeners at home, an acquittal is where the jury gives the defendant a not guilty, but at the same time, it is that they just thought there wasn't enough evidence given by the prosecution 
to give a guilty sentence. Pretty much a dismissal yeah. of the charges. Yeah, so they could still think that the defendant might have committed a crime, but the prosecution just pretty much didn't have enough evidence to say that it was him. Courts later found out that he did bring friends to her body and would brag about how he killed her and would tell them the story of how he did it. If I were one of these friends, I would have definitely spoken up sooner about Wade being the killer of Brown. Oh, yeah. So this was his first confirmed kill of Della Brown. And and there was no DNA or... No, there was nothing, no DNA evidence, nothing at the time him. to tie him to it, oh which gosh. is crazy. Mindy Schloss was a 52-year-old nurse psychologist, and she was at the time one of the more, more popular nurse psychologists in the state of Alaska. She lived in Anchorage, but commuted to Fairbanks for work. Before she was killed, she did have plans to become her own boss and open up her own practice in Anchorage, which she had a lease signed and everything. Good for her. Yeah. Then one unfortunate day in August, she was abducted from her own home. And she was brutally beaten and tortured by her attacker. And was she married, had children, or was she She was she not single? married. She did have a relationship, but we'll okay. get into that a little bit later. Okay. So, Wade threw a party with a few of his friends on the night of the murder. Later on that night, he slipped out of the party and made his way to Schloss's house. This is where he, was, he found a way to enter her house while she was asleep, and he got into a fight with Schloss where Wade ended up subduing her, as well as binding her with zip ties, that law, enforce, that law enforcement officers would use. Wade then left Schloss's house to retrieve his gun, which he then re later returned to her house, stole her car with her as well. He took her and stole money from her ATM with her card, which totaled about $1,000 in two different transactions of $500 each. After Wade was done torturing Schloss, he proceeded to drive about an hour away into the woods of Wasilia, Alaska. This would be the final resting place of Mindy Schloss on the morning of August 4th. Wade then proceeded to shoot her and then burn part of her, her body as well. Oh my goodness. I know, right? Crazy. Joshua Wade was one of the first people to be suspected from the police after her partner got cleared of the crime. So her partner had, okay. they cleared the partner first before anything. And why was this? He it turns out he was actually neighbors with her. with her, yeah, and that as well as his multiple run-ins with the law, the police. Once they figured out that was him, they pretty much put him right on. This is this well, is probably our guy. Of yeah, murder. not only that, Wade also had a very sick obsession with Mindy as well. Oh, that's disgusting. Yeah, so he wanted to be with her. He could from his home, he could see into her windows. Pretty much. So he was peeping. Yeah. Anytime he wanted access to her, he pretty much had access to from his house to her house. From a distance. From a distance. Later on, when the police came to search Mindy's house, um, they have police dogs with them, of course. And the police dogs picked up the scent of Wade on her car. Also, they found zip ties on her bedroom floor when they were going through her house. When police came to talk with Wade at his home, he was gone. He just vanished into thin air. And so we're assuming he moved? Yeah. No. He, they, no one knows where he was at. They have no idea where oh, he went. Okay. Um, he was then ID'd by two former girlfriends that he had that, because um, police had video evidence of him at the ATM, and he was identified by these two girls. 
okay. uh, that he had former relations relationship with. And then it wasn't until September 2nd, so almost a month later after he murdered her, he was found reportedly at an acquaintance's house, and police rushed to the scene. So Wade could not just disappear on them again, of course. And then when he noticed that police were arriving, he actually took hostages at the house, gunpoint. Oh, my gosh. Um, It took hours for Wade to finally give himself up because his lawyer pretty much told him to. And then he got taken into custody. But once he was brought in, he was questioned, of course, and he said he had nothing to do with it. Um, And they also didn't have a body. And so they really couldn't, the jury or the police weren't, they were very hesitant on charging Wade with murder because they didn't have a confession or a body. And of course, those are the two big main things that you need for a murder charge. Yeah, but I mean, taking hostages does not yell or scream innocence. I know, right? But they did have Wade's jacket from the from the video evidence of him at the ATM, as well as zip ties that he had, matching the same ones found at Mindy's house, as well as a receipt of the ATM charges that he had found in his jacket as well. So about a month goes by from when Mindy was initially murdered on August 3rd or 4th. And then about only two weeks after Wade was originally talked to until police and searchers were able to find Mindy's body in the woods where Wade dumped her. Now with the body, they were able to actually get a DNA match to Wade Wade from, from her body. And so this gave the police and prosecutors all they needed to convict him of murder of Mindy Schloss. And so during the court hearings in 2007, Wade finally confessed to both of the murders of Della Brown back in 2000 and as well as Mindy Slosh. You know, kind of hard not to if you have DNA evidence, right? Yeah. Uh, Wade confessed guilty to both so that he would not get taken to a federal court for a death penalty sentence. That would be because Alaska doesn't have the death penalty. So uh, Wade then set a very disturbing scene of what he did to Brown on the night that he murdered her. He came upon an unconscious Brown in a shack or shed where he then led to stealing all the money she had on her person, then proceeded to strip her down where he then raped her and brutally bashed her in the head with a rock. After he finished the story about Brown and his story about Mindy, the court found him guilty and sentenced him to 99 years in prison with a chance to get parole. But if he ever did get parole or was still alive at the end of his sentence in state prison, he would be transferred to a federal prison. Okay. So pretty much he was going to be in prison for the rest of his life. Yeah. And I bet even if he had a parole hearing, it would not get approved. Yeah. yeah. And so um, during the time the judge was giving out his sentence, the judge called him a coward for murdering women. And that kind of made something tick in Wade's mind. He then ended up saying, what about the men I've killed? Oh, no hinting that he had more than just killed the two women he was getting convicted for. In in 2014, when Wade uh, Wade then wanted to change his plea deal, which the court denied, he then took it to a federal case and was approved. He then confessed to three more murders. All he wanted out of the deal was to move to a federal prison in Indiana, where he is now. We'll get into it a little bit later here. Uh, The three men he murdered were John Michael Martin, Henry 
honestly, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to mispronounce this name, but it's Henry Ontuarusk and a John Doe, as the police still it's haven't a- identified him to this day. Wow. I know, which it's been almost 23 years later since when the John Doe died. So we're going to go over some of the other victims here as well, from what I could find. John Michael Martin was a man who was unemployed at the time, but was not homeless, according to police. Um, He also did suffer from the mental illness of schizophrenia. And that was another reason why it was hard for him to find a job over the years. On May 11th, 1994, John was eating at the Village Inn alone in Anchorage. He later left around 2.30 a.m. to walk home, which was about two and a half miles away from the restaurant that he lived. And he was walking, not hitchhiking, yeah, right? Yeah, he was walking home. Okay. Uh, I'm sure that he did feel very safe as he probably took this path home almost all the time because he was a frequent at this Village Inn for the past five years. Okay. On this night, though, he did meet his end. His body was found just 30 minutes later on the side of the bike path. 30 minutes after he left after the village After he in. left the village in. That so he so left quick. at 2.30 and someone, I don't know if it was police or just a bystander, someone found him at 3 a.m. on the side of the road, dead to a single gunshot wound to the back of the head. Police were not able to come up with a suspect because no one had seen anything, heard anything. And so this case ended up going cold for... 30 years almost. So there was no shell casings nothing. at the scene? Nothing, nothing they tie. could find. They had no leads. They had nothing. And of course, until Wade confessed to the murder in 2014. They would have never known. They would have never known, no. And at the time of the murder, Wade was actually only 14 years old. Oh my gosh, that makes it even worse. Yeah, I just go back to thinking of what I was doing when I was 14. You know, I was playing baseball, playing video games with my friends, you know, when I wasn't doing schoolwork, of course. And so technically, this was Wade's first kill. After the confession, police did reach out to Martin's family, who is now living in Washington State, to give them the news. And from the source, they said that they were encouraged by the news. So, okay. you know, they did get some relief from hearing that they finally figured out who killed their son. Yeah, it kind of helps in the laying of rest of yeah. their, their relative. Yeah. And so now we have um, the story of Henry Ong. He was a man, also had mental health issues. Didn't say what he had, but he had a mental health case manager over the years. Um, He lived in a budget motel in Alaska, which the state of Alaska paid for. I want to say it was about like $200 a week um, for the room that he stayed in. And then on November 29th, 1994, Henry's body was found in one of the motel rooms that he was staying in. He was strangled to death. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. One of the, the motel's maintenance workers found the body. According to the medical examiner, he had been dead for two days before his body was discovered. To me, it's just crazy to think that his his MO just changed as he, yeah, he got know, older. Right? And it seems like it varied based yeah. on female to male. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that was all I could find about Henry's murder case. There was no evidence, nothing proven of course the case went cold just like john's did at the time wade was 19 of the murder of henry and we're supposed to believe in between 14 and 19 he did no other crimes so yeah of course like we don't know if there's what he's done yeah so he hasn't confessed to any other ones since then um and then we have the john doe 
So on the same night of the Della Brown murder, um, there was also another man with Wade in the shack or shed, and this was the John Doe. This was Wade's fourth victim, technically. Even to this day, like I said, he still hasn't been identified by police. You know, they haven't been able to find his body. Nothing. Wade had this man. He was in the same shed, like I said, as Brown and him. But after killing Brown, he turned on him and knocked him out, threw him in the trunk of his car. And then when the man came to, he started thudding on the back of the trunk. So then Wade stopped and then proceeded to stomp on his head. Oh, my gosh. And then later took him to a spot in the woods, shot him twice in the head with a shotgun. He never specifically said where his body was. He left his body, but he said it was out of the valley where they were in. So wouldn't we assume then if this supposed John Doe came and, you know, saw Wade's, you know, trophy victim that he was sharing, that they would have been friends and acquaintances? Like, wouldn't Wade know his name? That would be my assumption, right? But never gave the name, never told him where the body was. Um, Of course, they wouldn't be able to recognize he wouldn't have a head because from what Wade said, the two shotgun shots that he shot at him pretty much took everything off above the shoulders. That is so sad. It is. And so... That's just brutal. Like, you have to be almost like point blank range to take almost pretty much your whole head off. Well, and I just feel like two shotgun wounds is just like an overkill. I know. Like, you know, the first one is going to do it. He's definitely dead after the first one. Like, there's no need for the second one. But it's just five victims that were reported. Yeah, that were reported. How many? Over the course of about 13 years. So, the one question that I have for you that I was contemplating when I was doing research here was Wade confessed to the three killings just because he wanted to get out of the state prison. He ended up coming out and saying that he didn't view himself as a serial killer, which is insane, and confessed to the three murders just to get out of the state prison because they were not treating him well in the prison. What are your thoughts on this? I don't know. To me, it's so interesting to to come out and confess to murders that weren't even linked to you. To be able to be treated better when you are a criminal. Like, to me, it doesn't make sense. And obviously, you've killed five people, five innocent people who didn't deserve to die. You shouldn't expect to be treated well at the state or federal level. To me, it's just, it's sad. And I think he was getting what he deserved, unfortunately. But, like, it's unfortunate that he ended up pleading to these additional three murders and then was granted the federal prison. Yeah, I know. So I just, I thought it was, you know, not that he was trying to get out of it. Maybe he did. I thought it was more, he might have killed the two guys that were named. Yeah. And almost just kind of made up the third guy in a way. Cause I mean, they don't have a body. They don't, I mean, even to this day, they would be able to kind of run. I would assume they would be able to run down kind of like a missing persons report. Like these are everyone who's missing. Though they don't have a body, they'd probably be able to be like, Hey, like this guy's been missing for around the same time, around the same time for now 23 years. Like, so I don't know if it's made that last one's made up or not, if the John Doe's made up, but for me, kind of, I don't really know if it is, but I could also see where it's not to where, because I mean, he brutally killed all these four other people and they were found and they were all found. Yeah. So, but we have no idea. And we have no idea. In Alaska, you know, huge state, biggest state in the United States. 
So he could literally be anywhere. And by this time, he's probably, of course, decomposed and the natural elements have probably taken him places. To me, it seems unbelievable that he didn't have more than five. Like, to me, it seems that I bet to this day, police are still trying to connect maybe other victims and bodies that they found to him. So, yeah, from other um, research that I did as well. I want to say at the same time, there were like six cold cases. I didn't look up the names of the other four people, but the two, um, John and Henry, they were both cold cases that he connected himself with. Who knows? The other four could have also been Wade at the time, but they never, they couldn't, they still, I would assume, are still investigating if it was him or not. Yeah. So... Well, that is the story of John Wade, and we just want Josh, Josh Wade, (laughs) and that is the story Joshua of the crimes that Josh Wade did. And we just want to take a moment to really recognize the victims that were were taken in these brutal attacks that they were taken without any say. And you know, it's just at the end of the day, it is sad. Obviously, Anton and I, we we love true crime, but people. Real life people are affected by these stories that we we research and we tell to you. But we just want to thank each of you personally for listening to our podcast and supporting us. Please download, like, share with your friends and subscribe and follow us on Instagram or Facebook. We may be creating a Twitter. We're not really sure, but that might be coming in the future. But nonetheless, we are excited to be doing this podcast and can't wait for you to be back here next week where I will be sharing a crime from my home state of Arizona. And this is your couple of criminals signing off.